Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Subconscious, a podcast where two friends try to justify talking about random drinks by tackling academia in the most Gen Z way possible. A podcast. My name is Joseph, and I'm joined by my co-host Colin. We're two longtime friends currently living on opposite ends of the world, sharing our catch-ups with you once again. Alrighty. This week, it is Joseph's turn to have the beverage of his choice, so please take it away. I am, to no one's surprise, going back to my roots and having some oolong tea. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to say hot water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a type of hot water. <laughs> so mm, first, first. <laughs> but yeah. How's so the... Since how's, I've... Yep, sorry. There you go. I was like, how's the, uh, how's the oolong tea? Very nice, very nice. Very, um, very familiar and, um, I, I've forgotten the term. The, I guess that homely feeling where it's like nice and stuff um comfort you can tell i'm a connoisseur of tea got my terminology (laughs) um but yeah since i've like talked extensively about this tea in one of like my episodes before um how's your week been (laughs) yeah not bad just uni's been stressful wait we get to go back to you know classroom now here in hong kong Oh, or nice. at least some of us. I know some unis don't have it, but um, at least University of Hong Kong for small scale classes, it's um, we're allowed to go back if we want to, and uh, but certain classes remain online because um, you know, like if the professor just deems it not exactly necessary to go back, or like there mm-hmm. are some students that are abroad, then um, you might as well just do it online. Uh, it really depends on the class, but um, yeah, it's been all right. Makes been sense. Learning. Makes sense. How's things by you? It's been good. Um, classes are still fully online for me, but um, I'm actually quite enjoying the online format. I just realized like how much time I've kind of reclaimed from like not commuting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like I've kind of got a good routine going and um, assignments are piling in, but I feel like I'm managing pretty well. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, everyone's busy, busy these days. We're back in semester. Feels un- doesn't really feel that real though. I mean, I think for me, since like a year ago with um the political situation in Hong Kong, and then immediately mm. going straight to COVID, it's been like a while. Um, since there was you know some sort of not formal education, but like going to class without having to think about other things. Um, mm, some kind of like real structure i guess yeah without having yeah basically but uh yeah it's been it's pretty good yeah actually i feel like reflecting on like past events like i feel a lot more grateful about like like having structured like education <laughs> it's just, yeah like, you take it for granted yeah and how quickly the whole you know world adapted to an on- online format for many things beyond academia was pretty pretty um pretty pretty uh was pretty great or at least uh, productive for a lot of people so that's good in film production as we might know um it requires a lot of people to work together and i do say this um for you know medium to large scale feature films or short films there are cases where there are not that much crew but you know it's still a tremendous effort regardless 
Mm. Obviously, in pre-production, we have you know script writers, casting directors, producers. And during production, we have cameraman, lighting, ground crew. Post-production, we've got you know musicians, sound designers, editors, CGI, and whatnot. And today, I want to talk about a very important role during production and sometimes pre and post-production called the director of photography or commonly interchangeably used as uh, under the name cinematographer or mm -hmm. DOP or DP. So before I explain, what do you think a director of photography or cinematographer, cinematographer does? Ooh. Hmm. Maybe he looks through, like, I guess directs how a film is shot. Like, I guess in terms okay, of... Yeah. Like, I don't know, like dialing settings, dialing in settings or whatever, or I guess just coordinating people to get a shot to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's basically, I think what you just said was basically it. Like, they're responsible for the photographic or aesthetic um, quality of the entire production. Um, and yeah, purely aesthetic. And what that means... Um, is usually dealing with uh, the lighting, you know, the camera in very mm -hmm. obvious, <laughs> very obviously. Mm -hmm. And at times, you know, certain effects that you want to, you know, like maybe there are explosions, maybe there's smoke or maybe there is um, a specific, you know, like light that needs to happen. That's what they deal with. And also, of course, the camera settings, as you said. So there's a very technical role, but mm -hmm. um, there are a lot more than that, obviously, because... They uh, read the screenplay and actually work very closely with the director to discuss the look and feel of a film. Um, yep. Have you happened to have watched Grand Budapest Hotel by I West End director? Yeah. So you know how it has a very distinct, vintagey looking, um, pastel, vibrant color to it. Yeah, pastel is definitely like the word to describe it. Yeah. So that is like what the director of photography would be working. To, uh, or will be dealing with and responsible for. So let's just say Wes Anderson, the director, would say, I want, you know, what I just said, this pastel pinkish tone. And the director of photography will be in charge and take care of all of that. Um, they also, of course, create the look through lighting, framing. They're in charge of executing the camera movements and a lot of the time. And... Um, especially what they need in terms of equipment and crew to achieve this. Because certain movements, you know, require a few people to move a massive camera down this track or require large machinery, you know, or, you know, some sometimes also like tech and like AI or like computing. One of the main things um, they really do definitely care about, I think is often overlooked, is the lens choice or the mm -hmm. film stock choice, if it's shot in film, obviously. Um, and so it's like, you know, what focal lengths do we need? What aperture do we need to create a certain depth of field? Or, you know, how blurry it is, what the background is. Um, the quality of the lens also matters. Um, do we want it super sharp or purposely softer for the highlights or a slight vintage haze? So I, th I think this is a contrary to popular belief that um, sharper is better. That's mm. not true. Um, really depends on the style or what you want, you know, the look to be. But um, that's up to director and the DOP. Um, you know, what filters do we need for the lens? Um, for the film stock, what speed or sensitivity? What type of lens? Uh, what type of film? Uh, tungsten, daylight, 
certain tones, what, you know, white balance. So in general, it's a very, very technically focused role. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think now is the difference between the director and the cinematographer or DOP? Because it's certainly like, it sounds like cinematographer is involved in a lot of the stuff that you kind of associate visually with a film, right? Yeah, exactly. So I guess maybe the thing that like differentiates the two roles, I guess, is um, like the director definitely still considers the visual aspect of it, but I guess they'll have more stake in maybe the plot points, like yeah, the story definitely. element. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like a director usually wears many hats, you know, in all departments, whether that be script, the sound, music, editing, pre-production, scheduling, casting, costumes, you know, every, they, you know, director, they direct the entire process of the film. Yeah, but nice. um, so that's why they also work very closely with the DOP as well as everyone else. But yeah, yeah basically, I, I think what you said was very accurate in terms of like visual. The DOP is in charge of all the visual things of the film. Um, of course, this is also, you know, dependent on the relationship between the DOP and the director. Sometimes they might get extra roles or less roles, you know. Mm. But yeah. And yeah, I do say that in a very general, generalized way. I don't want to universify a lot of things. <laughs> and, you know, God knows how many film production crews there are these days out there. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Another question. Who else do they work with? Rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> so, on each day of filming, the DOP and the camera crew basically will arrive very early to, set, uh, to the set to set up and rehearse all the camera movements or lighting movements, if there are, and things like that. So, working with the director, the director of photography will also at times actually do some blocking or, you know, um, deciding the movements of characters and also the camera. Because obviously that matters. And um, they discuss, you know, any special camera movements, light required, tone um, with the camera operator who is behind the camera and sometimes will actually be the director himself or the director of photography himself. Oh, not himself, themselves. Ooh, language. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes they might not actually have a camera operator. It might just be either, as I said, the two d different types of directors. There'll be a gaffer, which is the person in charge of all the electronics or the chief electrician. So um, dealing with power sources for light, camera, sound, monitors, headphones, anything on set props stuff like that yeah there's also a grip which is what actually yeah what do you think grip is since it might actually be misleading but it's not at times also yeah it's a, it's a very simple word um yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure pretty sure it's not the person to hold wait the person holding the camera no that would be the camera operator yeah okay so it's, but is, it's it's what the camera operator holds <laughs> <laughs> no um so a grip this is yeah this is a really i guess minute distinction the grip is a person 
or persons moving the camera, but not actually looking through the viewfinder, if you know what I mean. So mm. perhaps let's just say a camera is moving a along a track or on a large boom. And this person is in charge of moving the camera with the camera operator on it so that the whole, I guess, structure or system actually moves. Mm. So like, so like a, like a glorified, like cog in the wheel. <laughs> yep. Basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mover almost, but at times it's this act, this person might also actually be the camera operator. So I guess these roles are very, you know, gray. Mm. But when you get to like large productions and like there's a lot of equipment to move around, you'll have like several grips, two makes camera sense. operators and stuff like that. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think one of the most important um, parts is the uh, is the role of the focus puller. What do you think a focus puller is? I'm guessing they only control the focus of the, the camera. Yep, exactly. And why do you think it is important to have a focus puller? Ooh, is this to do with the fact that um, it's shot in, like, manual? So, like... Yep. Yeah, because I know, like, you know, if you're taking a video on your phone, your phone decides what to focus on, and, like, mm -hmm. you get the whole, like, janky, like, oh, I gotta go closer, or, like, gotta put my hand in front of it to, like, change up the focus or whatever. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that, you literally explained it. Like, it's just <laughs> better to have it in manual because you could adjust it with, by, like, through a human person and not AI. So mm -hmm. there's a lot more control over it. Yeah. You can communicate with the focus puller, unlike a computer program. Well, I guess you can, but I think it's just having that human input is very much desired because most things will be shot in manual. Mm. Yeah. And um and it's generally a lot easier to be honest to achieve the desired like focus pull speed or the exact focus distance. Right. Um because you know as advanced as techno technology can be um again that human input is just sometimes better to have. Mm. And um yeah, you also mark end... Sorry, yeah, continue. Oh, sorry, I was just saying cuz in the end like your audience is human, right? So yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not saying that AI cannot, you know, recreate the same thing. I'm pretty sure they can. It's just, um, it's having that guarantee or human touch element mm. to it, I guess. But, um, and it's also very important to mark the focus literally by marking specific distances on a focus wheel. Ooh, um, okay. Because, again, it's more efficient when, let's just say, when the director goes, action every technical aspect is dialed in and mm. intricately planned, meticulously planned. So it just, you know, is, again, guaranteed result or as much as it can be. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, the, and so that's all the people or most of the people that the director of photography will be working with. And another job is also, I guess, um, flagging what's a good take visually and working very closely with a colorist in large-scale productions. Um, mm. 
during the editing process to, you know, look at color grading, perhaps editing, and um, when to cut and not cut because of specific visual cues or visual um, errors even, you know? Sometimes you want to, you need to cut things out that the editor does not notice. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that, that's all I have. I was going to talk about the skills they also need to know, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but yeah, that's the director of photography for you. A very important person that I feel perhaps a lot of people gloss over because, oh, the film looks nice. Thank you. And then bye. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a very elaborate like part of like filmmaking. Yeah. And I don't know, like, because I watch, I don't, I won't say I watch a lot of films, but like I do watch films and sometimes it's easier. Uh, sometimes it's just easy to forget how much time you like film production is because mm. like most feature films, you'll put at least around a year in total pre, during and post production. Yeah. And yeah, it's just tremendous effort. So, what time is it, Colin? It is fact time this week brought by me. Fun fact is, relating to the topic that we talked about today, the director of photography, mm -hmm. do you happen to know the film Phantom Thread? I do not. <laughs> okay, that's all. No, 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 no shame. Just <laughs> wondering. Because it got nominated for an Oscar, but I don't think it won anything. But, like, yeah, I, just, I was just wondering. But... Did you know Phantom Thread, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, did not have a director of photography? Oh. Yeah. Because the schedule clashed with the person he usually worked with. Um, he just led the team himself while also being the director. Oh. Big man. <laughs> yeah, just like, I can't even imagine the stress because you're almost working... I'm not going to say like 50% of the film by yourself, but like it's a lot of things to mm. plan and manage. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of people kind of stop thinking about it after like, like, oh, the director of whatever just like makes sure the concept is right. Whereas like making sure yeah. that the concept is right involves so much logistical stuff that like, yeah, I, I feel like just, yeah, that <laughs> that's not like the amount of stress that i'd like to feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i kind of feel like a lot of i think a misconception about several parts of the art world especially the gallery and a museum world yeah mm. it's like whether what like what does curating mean like it's actually just 85 percent logistics in mm. communicating it's right as like i'm not saying it is glorified but I think there is a tremendous amount of planning and intricate details that need to be sussed out, whether this be in filmmaking or album producing, you know, with legality, the actual production, distribution, rights. I don't know. I can't even process all of that. <laughs> yeah. But now you know what the director of photography does and that Paul Thomas Anderson in that one film was just 
the biggest G, you can <laughs> sleep safely tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks. Let's catch you guys next week. Thank you.